On this week's episode of Third and Manageable, suspensions have landed from last night's brawl in Cleveland, but is the fight really over? There is an epidemic of injury updates for discussion, and a once-forgotten star has a 2014 tryout in Hotland. Then, as always, we'll forecast the future for Week 11 in our segment of Bold Predictions. Stay tuned. And welcome back to another episode of Third and Manageable. I am Shem Hanks. And I am Brad Roberts. And we are coming at you after the brawl in Cleveland, Ohio. Does it have a fun name yet, like Malice in the Palace? Not quite yet, but uh, it's got to involve something about that helmet, you know? Yeah. Like the, the the mighty helmet strike. The clubbing in Cleveland? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah? the clubbing in Cleveland. I like it. Yeah. Let's go with that. We're coming at you after clubbing in Cleveland. Well, now it just sounds like we've been clubbing in Cleveland. Yeah, I'm not really into the whole, you know, techno dancing nonsense and and, uh, $15 drinks. Let's just pass on that. All right. So we're coming at you after an event that happened in Cleveland involving a helmet. Let's just call it that. Yeah, yeah. You know. But before Colin Kaepernick may or may not be on an NFL team. See what I did there? It's kind of like, oh, will it happen? Will it not? Yeah, yeah. It was like you were uh, faking a left hook and then you came out with with an uppercut. That was nice. Or I came at you with a helmet. With a helmet. You know, yeah. is it odd that Miles Garrett's a big fella? And this is a yeah, very just like odd a take. cool 275 pounds. Yeah, 275 yeah. pounds, very built individual. Using a helmet, hitting another player without a helmet, and there wasn't any blood. Yeah. That just seems odd to me. Yeah, he didn't really hit him full on. I feel like if it would have, well, it probably would have gone bad. I'm just saying, like. I'm fine with the suspension, but he did hit the guy, and the guy didn't lose any teeth. You know, mm. there wasn't a, an eye gouge that happened. You know, there wasn't a broken bone. He didn't kill him. And you know what? He was extremely apologetic after the fact, like he should have. Whereas just a couple of weeks ago, we saw a fight between Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns, and Joel Embiid is shadow boxing as yeah. he's walking out of the arena. Right. Not really a lot of remorse there. And he gets a three-game suspension over an 82-game season as opposed to Miles Garrett, which is six games and the playoffs. <laughs> like the Browns are going to make the playoffs anyways. Sure. Even though they do have a real cookie cutter of a uh, second half of the season. It's very true. Very true. But uh, I, I did love the fact that Cleveland... And I've said it since the beginning, uh, they are going to find a way to screw themselves. And they get to their first two-game winning streak of the season, and they lose their number one overall pick for the rest of the year. Who's, you know, just leading the league in sacks this year. Classic. And he was your number two guy for Defensive Player of the Year last week. Yeah, well, that's not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, that's gone. All right, so Thursday night football game. Uh, the Browns that. were beating the Steelers the entire game. The entire like, game, and yes. Then get to the end of the game, always when stuff like this happens, where temperatures are up, and, well, Miles Garrett goes a little bit too hard at Mason Rudolph. They're on the ground wrestling each other, and then a helmet comes off, and then Mason Rudolph tries to rip off a helmet, and then they're up on standing, tussling, and then, well, Miles Garrett swings his helmet at the head of Mason Rudolph. Then it becomes Mike Pouncey jumping in and taking swings and kicking at a head. 
Yeah, well, you know. And then uh, Larry... Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi comes on in and tries to do other stuff. and Yeah, I... it Okay, so as far as the game standpoint, um, the Browns should have won that game by a whole lot more than 14 points. Yeah, they were in control the entire game. Like, they were it wasn't in control, close, but... Yeah. It's it's they were dictating what the Steelers did all night through the the their extreme defense or you know the ineptitude of the Pittsburgh offense however you want to put it but I gotta slam the the Cleveland Browns offense how did you not score more than twenty one points in that game I get it the Steelers have a ferocious defense but they gave you every opportunity to to run up the score in that game. And then you succumb to the nonsense at the end. I mean... Why do you always got to be so negative on Cleveland? Because this is what they do. Whenever they have an opportunity to start exceeding expectations, whenever they have an opportunity to take a step forward, put the pass behind them, they fumble at the one-yard line. They make a stupid trade and and get rid of their, their draft future. They have a Pro Bowl wide receiver that just cannot get out of rehab. They have a a number one overall pick who's just setting the league on fire. An unstoppable pass rusher. And you blow it in the final seconds on the final play. Are you kidding me? Like, you have the, the easiest schedule the rest of the way. You're in a division that's winnable and no team has really established themselves as a true wild card position. I mean, honestly, the Cleveland Browns at four and six have a legitimate shot to make the five or the six seed in the playoffs. That's unheard of if you look at just the other conference, whereas both of the five and six teams in the playoffs have seven wins. Yeah. So the Cleveland Browns notoriously shoot themselves in the foot. And again, this was just another sign of how they're going to do it in 2019. They did it last year. They did it the year before. And you know what? They're probably going to do it next year as well. This is who they are. And until they completely change that culture and let go of everything behind them, you're never going to move forward. And, well, I wasn't wrong again. All right, so let's go through the suspensions. You brought it up. Miles Garrett suspended for the rest of the year and the playoffs should the Browns make it. And then he has to meet with the commissioner in order to be reinstated for 2020. Yes. But uh, asterisk on that, he has appealed the suspension. So I'm not sure. I mean, typically when you've appealed for something, unless they've come down with the decision before that, you're allowed to play the next week. So are we seeing Miles Garrett next week? No, no, we are not. I am assuming not, but he's put in the appeal for it. Yeah. Um, But continue. All right. So Brown's defensive tackle, Larry. Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi will be suspended for one game. I guess it's Marquise Pouncey. I get the Pouncey brothers mixed up. Marquise Pouncey. Yeah, Mike's with the Clippers. (laughs) Chargers. Chargers, that's right. That's the one. Is it amazing that the Pounceys were on the same team with uh, Tim Tebow uh, and Aaron Hernandez and Riley Cooper? 
Are you trying to draw some sort of connection here? No. All right. So Marquise Pouncey has been suspended for three games for taking many swings at Miles Garrett and then kicking him repeatedly in the head, just standing over the top of him, just taking kick after kick to the top of his head. Yeah. So I'm against, you know, punching people while they're down or stomping people while they're down. However, I do absolutely respect somebody that after your quarterback gets decked with his own helmet by a defensive player, I I got a feeling that if you would have taken a snapshot of Pouncey's eyes, they were as glossed over as a shark that just took a hit of blood straight off the mirror. So I, I would imagine that three games is actually... A lot lighter than I was expecting for oh, him. Oh, for sure, yeah. I thought he was going to get the indefinite just like yeah. uh, uh, Garrett did. So you brought up Mason Rudolph. He did not get suspended as of yet. Should he be suspended? He, uh, that's that's a tough one. Um, admittedly, I was surprised there were only three names that have been released yet. I would suspect that number could go up because there was more than just Pouncey that tackled Garrett after he, he hit uh, Mason Rudolph. I don't think Mason Rudolph is going to get hit with something. Um, I mean, he's already been hit enough, I think, Yeah, <laughs> uh, sure. you know, just a little, but there and, uh, but I mean, I'm concerned that maybe DeCastro could get something. Um, yeah. he, he tackled Miles Garrett after after the fact. Um, I think Joby's suspension was exactly what it should be. He kind of instigated things, but he didn't continue it. I mean, he had the late hit on Mason Rudolph. That's really his only contribution to this, in, in my opinion. Um, so, I mean, do you think the suspensions are going to stay at three people, or is this number going to go up of who gets hit with a, a suspension here? And you brought up the two names that I would bring up as needing one game as well, a piece. And that's DeCastro, and that's Rudolph. I actually do think Rudolph needs okay. a suspension. We'll explain. When they were on the ground, there was some tussling where Rudolph was trying to take off Miles Garrett helmet as well, gets up. And then Mason Rudolph doesn't walk away. He's the one that's diving after Miles Garrett, continuing to try to take his helmet off. And Miles Garrett takes a swing, which is wrong. He's the one that further instigates the event. But how I view it is in the same way as an event that we had talked about before. Malice in the Palace, the Detroit Pistons, Indiana Pacers. Different game, or different sport, that is. But... The NBA had to come down on everyone who was involved. Yeah. Make sure that that would never happen again. In the same way, the NFL, I feel like, needs to come down on DeCastro and Rudolph as well to make sure that none of that happens again. And that it is a one-game suspension where when guys are in the heat of the moment that maybe something in the back of their mind makes them get up and walk the other way instead of trying to rip off the 275-pound defensive lineman's helmet. Well, and um, now that you're mentioning it with with Rudolph, I read it in uh, one of the several articles that I read about this. I didn't see it in the, the play frame, 
But in one of the articles, it was referencing that Mason Rudolph did, I, I'm trying to remember exactly if he tried to or if he actually connected, but it referenced a kick to the groin on Miles Garrett. Mm. I don't know when that took place, if that was pre his helmet being taken off or or not, um, but it was in one of the articles that I that I uh, was reading about, and uh, if that did occur, I could except the fact that yes you know he is deserving of at least a game here um and i also grant that if miles garrett didn't swing the helmet probably no one's getting suspended today like if miles garrett just walked the other way true very true i think I mean, this uh, type of stuff happens in every nfl game where guys start pushing yeah, and shoving it, it and they're on the ground been, and been left at fines john yeah you know? Right, sure. Like fines happen all the time as a result exactly. of stuff, but once he swings the helmet, everyone knew that suspensions were coming down, and it should have been coming down for everyone that was involved. And like I said, going back, it's the same thing. Malice in the palace. You have to make sure something like that doesn't happen again. But could that have the same effect by them? I mean, they've pretty they pretty well tiered this out of one game, three games. And it's it's marked at six games right now. But with that indefinite ban, I mean, this could actually leak into next year of Miles Garrett applying for reinstatement. And it's granted on the cusp that he serves like another four games to start 2020. So this could go on as that, you know, malice in the palace reference. You are the league coming down really hard, except they only come down hard on one guy specifically. Yeah, but I also felt like Pouncey's suspension, three games, I mean, it was less than what I probably would have thought last night. But Well, when I saw him stomp on his head, I was like, you're gone for the year, dude. Yeah, like, that's... The year is gone. But I figured that the other grouping would get one game where it's essentially the league saying, well, you guys are going to lose the next game as a result of what you just did last night. Yeah. But it didn't happen. At least as of yet, we'll see as the weekend goes along. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will also say that each organization was fined $250,000 for the event as well. Yeah, well, I mean, coaches have to control their players. And, I mean, the scuffle that happened was bad enough. But I remember the commentators saying uh, as the game was ending that I think they counted 10 players that stayed on the sideline. So, I mean, both of the benches cleared yeah. just to rush out on the field and, and join in on that or, or pull people apart as, as some guys Which were doing. Which the NFL could also suspend every single player that entered the field when that was happening. You <laughs> could, could have the well. entire yes. team suspended for a game. The the I would say the, the, the take I'd like to maybe finish this out on is I think Miles Garrett is just lucky that it was Pouncey doing that to him because remember the left tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Alejandro (laughs) Villanueva. I mean, he's been trained to literally kill people from his background. So I'm just saying it could have gone worse for miles Garrett. And so there was discussion over the last 24 hours about if the Steelers or people in Pittsburgh were going to press charges against Miles Garrett. I've heard that as well. It's uh, stemming specifically from Mason Rudolph's agents of yeah. whether they're going to pursue something. Uh, I know Booger McFarland has already come out saying that 
he thinks the Pittsburgh Steelers shouldn't leave town until they've pressed charges, at least on a misdemeanor level. So I don't think it's going to go that far, but I think they're going to have the conversation. Yeah. You well, they're have obviously it on video, a 275-pound man swinging in those NFL helmets are heavy. Yeah. yeah. At a guy who's already had concussions this year in Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could have been a really bad situation, but avoidable. Oh, well, By, well yeah. walking away, yeah. Well, and that's uh, what I was referencing about with Cleveland is the fact that they have these situations where all you got to do is walk away. Just walk away. You won the game. Mm-hmm. You, you're you're at home. Just take the bus and get out of there. And you just can't resist. You got to shoot yourself. Where, and that's where I was wondering if Tomlin or Kitchens was going to be hit with a game, uh, game suspension as well. No, I I think the league's already done the worst that they're going to do to the organizations with that uh, quarter of a million fine to each side. Um, I don't think, I mean, how would Tomlin be at fault for, you know, somebody yeah. doing that. Whereas, I mean, you look at, I don't remember who the coach was for the Titans when it happened, but when Albert Hainsworth stomped Stop. on a guy's yeah. face, nothing happened to the coach then and shouldn't have happened. You know, that was a com- entirely a thing that was on him. You know, was that the Jeff Fisher years still? That might've been, that was a long time ago, but uh, that shout out to eight and eight. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's transition away from this and let's talk about an event that's happening on Saturday. Yes. Uh, a uh, interesting character here. Yes. And so the league has set up a workout for Colin Kaepernick to work out in front of every NFL team who wishes to attend, as well as there will be video of the workout and of an interview that is happening pre-workout with Colin Kaepernick. A former Cleveland Browns head coach, Hugh Jackson, is going to be the one leading the workout, administering the workout, whatever verb goes before then. Yeah, I have no idea what to make of this. Um, So first off, is it a PR stunt or not? I mean, it's clearly a PR stunt in in my eyes because, I mean, Colin Kaepernick has an active grievance against the NFL that he is being blackballed by NFL teams. So this is clearly a sign to Colin Kaepernick, to the rest of the league, and to the national media that we're going to go above and beyond to get Colin Kaepernick back in the league. When has the league ever, ever done a personal tryout for a player? Yeah, that was the wild part about this. That's never happened, and it probably never will happen again. Yeah. So this is clearly a PR stunt to try to save their face on that, as though they're responsible for anything at all. I was wondering if something like this was a part of their settlement. I, I, I can't say one way or the other. I mean, it that it just does not make sense to me. Colin Kaepernick is not on a team because 32 teams have decided, no, it is not the NFL organization saying that Colin Kaepernick can't be on a team. The NFL is fine with doing that. I mean, ergo Justin Blackman, who still cannot get into the league because they said, no, Yeah. Colin Kaepernick is not on that list. If there were teams that 
100% believe that he could improve their team chemistry, improve their team's talent, and not damage their situation with their fans. He would be on a team. He would have 32 different offers. However, those teams have decided, whether it's for PR reasons or whether it's because he's a 32-year-old scrambling quarterback and we've seen how this road goes before, Michael Vick. I mean, what is the reason that you want to say here of why you're not on a team? Could he be a backup? Absolutely. We already had this conversation uh, weeks ago when when the season started. Remember my rant about Josh Johnson being on a team? right. But uh, I... Again, I don't know what to make of this. But here's the question I want to ask you. Will Colin Kaepernick be on a team this year? Will he get signed from this tryout? Is this a precursor to him joining the Falcons, the Texans, the Seahawks, the Patriots? Who, if you can't name a team that will do it, will somebody do it? Just put it out there. And you said the right thing where could he be a backup? Absolutely. When I'm looking at the 32 teams right now, I bet you I can name 20, 25 of them where, yeah, he would definitely be better than their backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Let's also remember the last time he played wasn't exactly good. No. He was getting beat out by Blaine Gabbert for her yeah. games with the 49ers. The team that drafted him gave him the reins, let him lead them as the quarterback over Alex Smith to the Super Bowl and then a few years later is getting beat out by Blaine Gabbert. And keep in mind that he was making $16 million a year mm-hmm. when he got beat out by Blaine Gabbert. So they decided not only are you playing bad enough to be benched, but you're playing bad enough to be benched while making that kind of cash. And if he would have accepted less money that year, he would have been a Denver Bronco. That's another team that uh, at least reached out, but he he slapped the hand away. Yep, and then that led Elway to make the famous statement of, we want people who want to be Broncos. But there are 24 teams right now that have committed to going to the Colin Kaepernick workout this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't want to say that he will be on a team this year. I would say that this is a a precursor for him to be on a team next year. Hmm. But I think that there are certainly teams that could use him as a backup quarterback who are looking at a playoff run where if someone like Josh Allen were to go down in Buffalo. See, uh, I don't know here. Um, the Eagles have a history of bringing on a strong backup quarterback for Carson Wentz. It's yeah, but I mean, every team has a history of of trying to pursue a a older statesman quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's happened everywhere. But it's just I'm looking at the free agent list for quarterbacks next year in the field is very thick. I don't see his opportunity coming next year. I think you better sign this year and hope that you stay on at that place 
through next year. Because if you're trying to put your names up against the guys that are going to be potentially switching teams or on expiring contracts, teams that are saying goodbye to you, I mean, who right now is going to take Colin Kaepernick, who's going to be 33 next year, as opposed to Marcus Mariota? Yeah. So I'm just saying, putting yourself in that category from an administrative point of view, uh, I think his opportunity is now or never. Because I don't see it happening next year if he doesn't do anything to to in this midseason form right now. Um, he better take advantage of this opportunity. Otherwise, he's going to miss next year. And then you're a 34-year-old quarterback in 2021. And, and a scrambler. So And I mean, a scrambler. That's, that's I mean, not that's, a chance yeah. at all. You need to prove it right now. Get onto a team. Really help that team out, whether it's just in the, the, the video rooms uh, team meetings, and and then just try to reestablish yourself, rebrand yourself. Maybe you it doesn't work out with that team, and you switch a team, or they trade you, or or whatever. But you need to change the identity of who you have been for the past, and and reestablish yourself as you know. Just if you're going to be a backup, what do backups do best? Stay out of the headlines. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hear a thing about you. Yeah. No team has been good with a very popular backup. Yeah, already the backup quarterback in every town is the most popular person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's not a good good yeah. uh, uh, situation. Right, and so we both agree that this is a PR stunt. Yeah. But if you're Colin Kaepernick and you're a true competitor, then you're using this PR stunt to show everyone that you still have it. All you're asking for as a competitor is one chance, one shot to show everyone that you are still the guy that led a team to a Super Bowl. If he can't do it in this showing, which I know I will be on Twitter the entire day just looking at what people are saying about this workout, because I'm intrigued. Guy has been out of the league for the last couple of years, has been in the headlines, feels like weekly. Since that are, point. are we perhaps missing an X factor? X is an EX or X as in because I saw the 49ers are one of the teams that are I mean, going we to agree the... that this is a, a PR stunt from the standpoint of the NFL. The NFL is putting it on. The NFL is the one that had a grievance um, against them by Colin Kaepernick. Now, you just alluded to, you know, Colin Kaepernick isn't looking at this as a PR stunt. This is his shot. You know, if he wants to get back in the game, get into it now. But my X factor was a little hint, hint there. Um, Maybe he's not auditioning for the NFL. Oh, the XFL. I'm just saying, the XFL released their slate of guys that they're interested in, and one of those names was Zach Mettenberger. <laughs> now, I'm not Shout dissing out the to guy. LSU fans I'm everywhere. not dissing Zach Mettenberger. He's a talented guy. It just didn't work in the NFL. But, I mean, would do you think Colin Kaepernick might at least toss his hat in the ring of like, hey, if I'm not going to make it here, I'm going to play there? Or. You know, maybe he feels a little bit jaded by the NFL. I'm going to go make my name somewhere else, start putting up some highlights elsewhere. Like, 
haha, San Francisco, you could have this, or you know, other teams that are in need of quarterback play. I'm not the Niners, but that was just his last team. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that if he can't make it work after this workout, go to the XFL. Why not? Yeah, not making it back in the league. Go back. Yeah, and or at least go on to the XFL. Yeah. All right. Do you have uh, any Antonio Brown things you want to say to us? No, no. Okay. I, I we're not allowed to say that name on this podcast <laughs> until you rejoin a team and you know actually make NFL news. You're Voldemort to me. Oh, word. All right. So you gave me a list of guys who are currently injured on the injury report, and it's kind of a wild list of guys who. Big name players, important players for their teams. So why don't you read that list off? Well, um, so in last, uh, I almost said last week's game, last night's game, uh, James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster both went down with uh, injuries. It's not known yet how long they're going to be out, but I mean, they're not even technically ruled out for next week, but they looked like injuries that could keep them out for a while. Uh, another name that's going to be missing uh, a consecutive week, he missed last week, is Matthew Stafford. Um, Lions are going to be going on and uh, playing without him. Jeff Driscoll did not have a bad game, though, as the QB against the Bears defense. Yeah, against that Bears defense, he performed better than I was expecting. I wouldn't quite say that he played well, but um, uh, he played much better than expected. I'll absolutely put put that on there um but the the lions are facing a tough matchup this week i i it's spacing on me of who that who that team is cowboys oh cowboys yeah they're in trouble um so moving on we have uh connor williams it's been ruled out with the dallas cowboys um marshawn Lattimore and Andrus Pete, both starters, they're going to be missing the game against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, Andrus Pete, who was a Pro Bowler last year and yes. was having a Pro Bowl season this year, he is also in his fifth year option, or not fifth year option. He's in on his fifth year of his rookie contract. So tough time to go down with a broken forearm. Yeah, yeah, um, you know. But they haven't put him on IR yet, the Saints have, so. Yeah, but I I would imagine that's because they think he could, if he goes on IR, then he's not just out for the regular season, he's out for the playoffs. playoffs. And they look at it as like, if we can go deep enough, he could be in the division round. He could be available in the conference game or s- certainly the Super Bowl with a broken arm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, forearms are obviously important for offensive linemen. Yeah. But if it can heal enough and I, I'm pretty sure offensive linemen can play in casts. Yeah. Just like uh Terrell Suggs did during the it, Ravens. Exactly. So defensive lineman, you know, or defensive guy yeah. cut down his opportunities for getting a holding call in half, actually <laughs> uh, my funny jokes. Um, moving on to the Falcons and Panthers game, Austin Hooper and Devonte Freeman are both ruled out as well as Camille Ishmael. He's out with a concussion. Uh, Moving down the list as well, Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton in the Colts game are 
both going to be out, but uh, Jacoby Brissett is returning for this game. Interesting is that Brissett and Nick Foles are both back in this game, so it's going to be a, a interesting matchup there. Um, the you know the the real painful one here is Bryce Callahan for the Broncos. He was officially put on IR today. Thanks for uh, reminding me about that, Shem. You're welcome. Yeah, that felt real good. And just another kick to the groin for me in the fantasy regard. Adam Thielen will be out again this week, as well as Linval Joseph and Josh Klein for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Ryan Khalil is going to be out, as well as C.J. Mosley for the Jets. And... uh, Wow, the Jets have, I mean, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 9, 13 names on the injured list this week. So I'm not going to go through all of them. <laughs> That's just a waste Good, yeah. of time. Um, yeah, just a lot of... Which we're thankful for because looking at it, the cheapest ticket that you can get for that uh, Jets-Washington uh, game... Seven dollars. <laughs> I'm surprised it's that expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Just so bad. Yeah. So many bad teams this year. Yeah. Uh, but the Dolphins are on a two-game winning streak. How about hey, that? Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Did not think that was going to happen. Kicked you right in the palantir. Oh, man. <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey and Darren Sproles, along with Nigel Bradham, are going to be out for the Philadelphia Eagles this week. So speaking of Darren Sproles. Yes. Darren Sproles out for the year. Mm -hmm. And so the Philadelphia Eagles bring in a familiar name who hasn't played this year in Jay Ajayi. Is it some sort of symmetry that both of those guys rose at the same time in the same year and now they're on the same team? Hmm. In, you know, Jordan Howard and Jay Ajayi. Yeah. You know, they're both backups entering the year and then just turned their entire culture around with how they played the rest of the season. And, you know, neither one has really lived up to expectations since then. Jordan Howard's certainly done a lot better than Jay Ajayi. But... Yeah. And what's weird is Jay Ajayi <laughs> is closer to Jordan Howard in terms of playing style than he is to Darren Sproles, so... That's interesting. Very true. Very true. AJ Green still going to be out this week. Um, Dre Kirkpatrick as well. Not that the Bengals needed any more reasons that they're going to lose this week. But to help them out, LaMarcus Joyner is going to be out this week. He injured himself in last week's uh, Thursday night game against the Chargers. Uh, Trey Burton, Danny Trevathan, Adam Shaheen are all out, and David Montgomery is questionable due to not practicing on Thursday. I did not see the report on whether he was going to be back, um, if he was at practice this week. I I, I missed that. Um, Brandon Cooks is going to be out as well. And, you know, that pretty much does it. I mean, there's a lot of questionables out there um, that, would just take way too long to get through, you know, Emmanuel Sanders and Terrell Suggs, uh, just to name a couple. Um, but uh, a noticeable return, though, and we'll see if he's actually active this week, is in Keel Harry for the New England Patriots. Um, I remember. Of the plant here. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that he was going to. Uh, 
explode in his first game for a touchdown and some catches and some yards. Yeah, and does uh, all right for himself, but then did that, not happen. Then that inactive list came out and, mm. you know, just missed the boat entirely, did you? So speaking of the plant here, it's time to make our predictions for this week. You know, one of these weeks we actually have to. You no, know, we don't. Not until it talk gets about what this, no. <laughs> what the score is. Nope. We can wait until week <clears throat> seventeen on this one. Oh, okay. Can we? I am going to need to get some wins <laughs> in order for well, me to publicly say what it is at right can, now. Can we at least say what you did last? Bad. Week? That's what I did last week. Did Bad. You, did you get any wins? Well, yeah, one. One. Yeah. Out of seven. Well, I mean, five. Well, but one two out of bonus five ones, game picks, and, then, and you missed the bonus picks. So, well, I got one bonus pick, but so yeah, we can just go with bad. Bad, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Did I do better than that? You did bad as well, but less bad than what I I did. So, what would you call that? Better, better than you. Less bad. That's what we're going less with. Less bad than you. Yes. Okay. Less bad. All right. Yeah. Well, carry we're on. In an carry on. Odd week, so I got to go first. <laughs> As well, you should. The Cleveland Browns will yeah. win. You should probably go first every week just to give you a better chance. No, instead, <laughs> I am going to pick the favorite, and I'm going to pick a team that I know that you want to pick. And so that's <laughs> going to bring me joy. I will pick the Oakland Raiders ah, against the Bengals. The Oakland Raiders. As my oh, favorite. Good pick. Good pick there, pal. Okay, okay. <clears throat> well, I love doing this to you every week because you seemingly fall for it every time. And you know what? I'm not just going to go for the clear favorite. There's enough clear favorites out there for me to pick this week. But I'm going to make it difficult for you, buddy. And, uh, you know, there's only two primetime games left this week. So I'm going to pick the one I'm more confident in. And that is the Los Angeles Rams Damn are you. going to beat the Chicago Bears. Yeah, those Bears are going to go all the way to Los Angeles. And, you know, they're just going to get killed. I don't know why I was doing a Minnesota yeah, accent there. Yeah, I don't there. know. That I mean, weird. it's the... Well... Midwest still, I mean. Mid, sure, we'll call Illinois, it. Illinois, it's relative. I mean, Wisconsin, then there's Minnesota, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's too bad. That was going to be my second pick. I figured you were going to go with someone else, so. Nah, there's plenty of easy, easy low-hanging fruit this week. Yeah, I got to get a little bit creative here in how I'm going to approach this as you have opted to ruin my life. Can I make a quick observation here okay from a vegas standpoint how do you actually pick a favorite between the one and eight redskins and the two and seven jets yeah i don't know why that game's not a toss-up why don't they just go with an even line yeah. like we that's, don't care this game sucks if you're still a fan of this team's i'm sorry for you but seven dollars seven dollars <laughs> gets you in for a ticket yeah you got lincoln and a couple of washington's on you you can get in the game Oh, you got to pay tax. Oh, sure. Obviously, Trump's got to get his. <laughs> yeah, as well as the state of Maryland. Seven dollars. Seven dollars. All right. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to take the other low hanging fruit. So, because you gave me this opportunity, 
I'm going to seize it. Bring it. With both hands. And I'm going to take my home game and I'm going to take the Niners over the Cardinals. Niners over the Cardinals. Yes. Okay. That works. I'm going to go for my away team here and say that the New England Patriots are time, going just... <laughs> to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think this game could actually be relatively close. Carson Wentz is good enough to go blow for blow with a 42-year-old quarterback. But, I mean, he lost to Sean Jackson last week, or maybe it was the week before, and Alshon Jeffrey is already out this week. So, yeah, it's it's going to be some tough goings for him. But... Um, they're they're playing for their lives right now. I mean, right now they're in a dead heat with the uh, Dallas Cowboys, who are also at five and four. But they got to make some headway because the Cowboys haven't lost in the division yet. Sorry, just trying to just have it block yeah, swallow a, that down a little bit. Yeah, I was trying to block a hiccup in uh, the microphone. Oh, uh, so, so I'm going to take my away team at this time. In that away team, while they are playing someone, or someone, some team that has won two games in a row, I'm still going to take the Buffalo Bills on the road against the Miami Dolphins. I'm pretty sure you have picked against the Dolphins every single week. It's Uh, worked out more more times than not. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you could say something for your overall score. But um, I'm going to go winning. with the favorite here, and I'm going to go with the Nolan's Saints, who shockingly are only a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Bucks. How are the Raiders twice as much of a favorite? I mean, yeah, they're playing the Bengals, but the Bucks aren't that much better here. Yeah, okay, an overreaction to that and, Falcons game. Yeah, but when I see a Saints team implode like that that doesn't make me think it's a trend it makes me think that drew Brees is going to come back and be pissed so uh i'm gonna say you know saints by like 17 here i think is is gonna be i think it's gonna be closer to 17 than five you know i don't care if that game's in tampa at this time i am very excited to say my underdog Ooh. And that is the New York Jets against the Washington Redskins <laughs> in a $7 game. Well, that's how it goes, folks. Um, I'm going to go very quickly here. I don't want to dwell on it. I just want to make this moment happen and forget about it. The Minnesota Vikings are going oh, to beat the Denver Broncos painful. in Minnesota. It's Brandon Allen versus Kirk Cousins. That's all I got to say. Wait, which game was that for you? You know, the one I just said. Well, no, I mean, are you calling that your home game? Home game. I've uh, already, I've used uh, primetime, away, away, home, and yeah, favorite. I, I still got I still there. got my underdog left. Yeah, you still got your underdog. I have my primetime, so I've got some decisions to make here in the moment. Oh, and I'm going to go ahead and do this. I'm going to take you back a couple years ago. The last team to beat the Patriots. Oh, I love story time. In a playoff series. And that was Doug Peterson. Now both the Patriots and the Eagles are coming off a bye week. 
which the last time they did this, the Eagles ran the Philly special. Philly, Philly. Philly got the win. It's going to happen once more. On primetime, the Eagles are beating the Patriots. Um, You're missing something very important here. Okay. The Eagles and Patriots are not a primetime game. They are an afternoon oh. game. So I enjoyed story time with Shem. Perfect. But you still got to make a primetime pick here. Wasn't that originally a primetime game? I don't really care. I thought that that was flexed in. Yeah, it's set for 125 wow. on CBS. Show not prime time for you, buddy. All right, so have you got to a go choice again. of going with the Bears well, over the Rams or the Chiefs and Chargers game. Take your pick here. All right, I'm going Chiefs. Chiefs. You're not going to dwell on that taste in your mouth? Nah. Uh, I mean, it's the it's Mahomes first Rivers. I just yeah. Let's just get this over go, with. Go I'm for going the the worst of two yeah. evils here. Sure, I get you. All right, so all I have left is my underdog. Yes, yes. Well, it's not going to be the Lions over the Cowboys. It's not going to be you know the Dolphins or the. Uh, there's a lot of bad games here, but there is. One of significant note that I like to see. And maybe this is a little more hopeful than not, but I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road against Indy. I think that Nick Foles can come back and be more serviceable than a banged up Jacoby Brissett. I think Brissett's coming back too early from that injury. That when it happened, that looked nasty. So, yeah. um, uh, I, I I don't expect him to come back and be as you know fluid as Patrick Mahomes was after that nasty hit. So, um, yeah, let's go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're only a three point underdog, and yes, they're going on the road. I, but the only other team I would consider is the Falcons over the Panthers, and they're also going on the road. So. We'll see how it goes. All right. Now I have to come up with uh, statistical stuff, I guess. Bring it on. Hmm. Uh, I would like to redo my Enkeel Harry statement from last week. <laughs> just like. And just make it this one. So I was paste, a week. Copy and paste. Too early on it. Okay. Yeah. So Enkeel Harry's week 10 prediction is now week 11 prediction. Okie dokie there. Yep. Well, I'm going to go on not prime time. That's what <laughs> not prime time. That's that's not a thing. So, uh, I need to open an article very quickly. It it was, um, I believe, the Washington Redskins. I w- I just want to double check this before I say it. But it, it, the article was saying that the Washington Redskins have not scored a touchdown in thirty. Straight quarters. That's real bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real, real bad. So, I I just want to confirm that it was them. It might. I was. I've been reading a lot today. You know, I, I have too much time on my hands. Do, 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 do. Yes, the Re- Washington Redskins have gone thirteen straight quarters without scoring a touchdown. The longest streak in the NFL this season and tied for third longest single season streak by any team since, you know, Tom Brady. 
So, this is my statistical prediction. The Washington Redskins are going to score four touchdowns. Four for the game. The over-under on this game for both teams is actually only 38 points. So I'm predicting that basically, you know, at least three quarters of it are going to come through the Redskins. I think that's a bold prediction, I'd like to say. I think they're going to just resurge all at once and, uh, and uh, you know, just put Lay it all it out on. there. Yeah. Lay it on. Yeah. You know? There it goes. Plus... I just love to see Terry McLaren score a bunch of points. <laughs> I need you to this week, buddy. Come on. Well, as much as I want to do Todd Gurley getting his first 100-yard rushing game of the year, which can we take a second and say how weird it is, at least for me, that Todd Gurley has not had a 100-yard rushing game this year. I will focus on rushing and rushing in a different game. In one that I think you are foolish on. Oh, how dare you give the Minnesota Vikings a win. Yes, they are 10-point favorites. Yeah, should be more, probably. But alas, the Denver Broncos coming off a bye week are feeling strong. They're feeling so strong, strong in their legs, including are Brandon Allen, who on the rest can also of their body? scramble. Which I am going to say that the Denver Broncos, as a team, has more than 200 yards rushing. Wow. You might be thinking uh... that the Minnesota Vikings have a good rushing defense. Yes, we watch them on primetime Sunday night football stifle one Ezekiel Elliott. A stifle is but, one thing. 20 carries for 47 yards is a completely different beast to the highest paid running back in the league. But the Vikings are in a classic trap game. Ah. And you are not seeing it the way that I am seeing it. That the Broncos shall run roughshod. Well, granted, the way you're looking at it is through a toilet paper holder. Well, those are, are friendly. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, that's bold. Very bold. I think it's more likely that, um, the Broncos have 200 rushing yards and the Minnesota Vikings still outrush them than for just your theory to happen. Um, so, but that is why I'm doing better uh, at you in this game. You know, you keep saying that as though it's actually true when I would be absolutely shocked if you're within even 10 points of me at this point winning how do you define winning because this isn't golf rules where you want the lowest score oh oh yeah yeah that's kind of a problem for you bowling Mm, no even bowling you have to have more points i don't know yeah I, i i i'm pretty sure you just have no idea what you're talking about right now All right, well, I'm going to go with, this is kind of an off-the-wall one, but I just like the idea. So, a one Frank Gore is 73 yards away from passing 
Barry Sanders to be third all-time rushing. Frank Gore has 449 rushing yards this season. Not doing too good, but then again, you know, he is 36 years old. So I'm I'm not hating on the guy by any means at all. But I think this is going to happen this game. Um, Frank Gore has only passed 73 yards twice this season. He had a losing effort of 17 carries and 109 yards against the Patriots. And the very next week, he had 14 carries for 76. That's been his best output so far. Um, So, you know, I'm just going to go for it. Frank Gore breaks the record this game he's going against the miami dolphins um i think the bills get up early and they just pound the rock to him every single down and maybe he finishes with 25 carries to get it done but he is gonna pass barry sanders this week and get in the end zone Oh, and get that td oh he's gonna this is this is frank gore's day here Breaking the record, or not record, but, you know, the third best record. The third, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not going to get close to Emmett Smith. No. Let's not be crazy. But, uh, yep, Frank Gore going to be passing Barry Sanders. Who is second on the list? Is that Walter Payton? Second all-time rushing? I, no, it doesn't feel like it would be Walter Payton. Let, let's look it up right here. Yeah. We can edit all this stuff out. Just us, you know, <laughs> looking up records this. and nonsense. I mean, what if I say something interesting? Then you want to keep it in. Yeah, say something interesting. Say something interesting. Um, the only thing necessary for the... Uh, for the uh, Can't even say something interesting. <sighs> Walter Payton it is. I was wrong. See? You were right. As always. Yeah, I just didn't think that Walter Payton like, played long enough. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. I knew I knew it. Ralph Waldo Emerson. There you go. I should have just said it 30 seconds earlier. But I guess Walter Payton played for 12 years, so yeah. a long time as a running back. Well, and, you know, he was good for all of those. Yeah, pretty good. So, You know who was better? Emmett Smith. Yeah, well, he played like 27 years. Yeah, he played forever. Probably still is playing. We just don't know it. Maybe well, he, he is Frank Gore. No, he's in the Canadian leagues. He's oh. playing for the, the Alouettes. Alouette, uh, whatever. All right. This has been good. Let's <laughs> yeah. do this again some other time. Yeah, maybe like next week. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. And with that, I am Shem Hanks. I am Brad Roberts. And we will talk to you, with you next week about how Christian McCaffrey is the best player in the league. Bye. Okay. This has been a production of Values First.